This is part two of session 10 of the Law of One. Here we're gonna talk about the mechanics and empowerment of our growth through the Law of One. And also we'll touch about history with Atlantis and Lemuria at the end. Let's go. I want to start this by explaining a concept that I think is important to keep in mind when we talk about our spiritual growth and our purpose here on Earth, uh, especially in these times. And it happens that at times we get lost into the philosophies, uh, ideologies, the understanding, the text and the information, and we kind of forget our true nature and the purpose that we're here for and that is to increase our vibration we hear this a lot and i don't think we understand it fully i certainly don't and i still kind of grasp uh the meaning of what it is as i live it and experience it uh, but that's the the of paramount uh, importance when we talk about spiritual growth and our our own experience here and this is going to translate into what Ron is explaining here, but I want to give a little bit of context of how I see it. And it's, uh, it's the most important thing is to know that we are here to increase our vibration. Yeah, Ra talks about service to others as, you know, our polarity or what we want to achieve or service to self, if, you know, if that's your, your path. But our, um, our foundation for that is our own vibration. We cannot serve others if we do not love ourselves or accept ourselves. And this is what Ra calls the acceptance of self. So I like to describe it as service to others or your capacity to serve others is like a bar that has a capacity, of course. And then there is another capacity or bar that has um, uh, importance in, into how you play this. And this is your acceptance of self and how much you love yourself. And the other one is how much you can serve others. So you cannot serve others by not loving yourself this much. It's just, uh, it's just physically impossible. So you can always increase and improve who you are in acceptance and loving, you know, uh, without the selfish portion, of course. There's a key distinction there between selfishness and loving the self um, or appreciating and accepting who you are. But the more you love yourself and the more you uh, you vibrate basically because of how much you accept yourself, then the more you serve others, even indirectly without the uh, the active uh, actions that, that you take to serve others. So really important there. And this is going to translate pretty well into what Ra gives as an exercise here or several exercises in the experience that we call uh, life in this illusion. So the first question actually has the meat and the importance of uh, of what Ra is going to say um, or approve because uh, spoiler alert, he's going to say yes. Uh, so it's important to pay attention to the question and we'll talk about it after we go through uh, the question and answer. Here Don is asking, while an entity is incarnate in this third density at this time, he may either learn without consciously knowing what he's doing, or he may learn after he is consciously aware that he is learning in the ways of the law of one. The second way, it is possible for the entity to greatly accelerate his growth. Is not this correct? Ra says, this is correct. 
And here, uh, it's a simple uh, thing. I mean, you either are learning without consciously knowing that those are the ways of the law of one, or you are aware that those are the ways of the law of one, and you accelerate your growth that way. So it, it does pay to know what you're learning, or at least have a clear idea of what you're doing. Now, a big distinction here, the law of one is not just what Ra gave. Um, it's raw content uh, is now for being the law of one, but the law of one it resides in every other philosophy, ancient philosophies like the Essenes and others who clearly talked about ascension. So the law of one is not something exclusive to the raw contact. Um, in fact, there are other entities who have been channeled and talk about the law of one. So just a, just a distinction there. So so we know that we're not talking only about this text. Let's go into the next question. Don continues to ask, then although many entities are not aware of this, what they really desire is to accelerate their growth and it is their job to discover this while incarnate. Is it correct that they can accelerate their growth much more while incarnate in third density than in between incarnations of this density? Ra says, this is correct. We shall attempt to speak upon this concept. The law of one has, as one of its primal distortions, the free will distortion. Thus, each entity is free to accept, reject, or ignore the mind-body-spirit complexes about it and ignore the creation itself. There are many among your social memory complex distortion who, at this time space, engage daily, as you would put it, in the working upon the law of one in one of its primal distortions. That is, the ways of love. However, if this same entity, being biased from the depth of its mind-body-spirit complex towards love-light, were then to accept responsibility for each moment of the time-space accumulation of present moments available to it, such an entity can empower its progress in much the same way as we describe the empowering of the call of your social memory complex distortion to the confederation. All right, so um, this is um, this is quite simple. So the first thing that Ra is saying, uh, and I'll, I'll go back to the slide just to give you uh, a little bit more more of an idea. Um, he says that we we are operating under the first distortion, which is free will, and from here, the the idea that we can decide to accept or reject things is part of this density. We, we accept uh, or ignore certain experiences and for that we have the ability to either speed up our growth or uh, stay in the same level. It, it really is our choice. So there's no, there's no specific programming that decides what we're going to do. Once we're here, we're in, uh, in the process of just operating under the law of confusion and basically just uh, rearranging ourselves into what this density has to offer, which is the two paths. Here is where you decide whether you go into negative or positive polarity. Now, most people know exactly what they want and they know it inside themselves. But in this illusion that we live right now, especially in the conditions that we're living in th these last times of the cycle, the confusion is so great that a lot of people, even though inside they want to be positive beings, they are they are too distorted and too confused into what they have to do and i speak about this with experience because as 
some of you may know for 25 years I had no uh, no idea of spirituality at all I rejected everything so I was operating under my free will to say I don't believe in spirituality I don't believe in any of that that pseudoscience you know I had my my whole um, I would say ignorance in in and self-imposed ignorance in in what this means so we're all operating on that and this is what rise setting up as a foundation for us to understand how you can seek the empowerment that we're going to talk about and now in the other slide he talks about that uh, if we were to be aware of the what he calls the time-space accumulation of present moments available to the entity is that if we were to to be aware of that and i'll explain how in the next slides if we were to be aware of that we could accelerate that process uh, a lot more and empower in the same way we describe something that was the uh, the call, the empowerment of the call, which we're going to get to that. So I know this sounds a little confusing and there's a lot of confusion in all this area, but it's going to get better as we go through. Let's go to the next slide. Now, Don is confused about the last part to empower uh, the call. And he asks, would you state in a little different way how you empower this call? And now here, Ra explains. We understand you to speak now of our previous information. The call begins with one. This call is equal to infinity and is not, as you would say, counted. It is the cornerstone. The second call is added. The third call empowers or doubles the second, and so forth. Each additional call or doubling or granting power to all the preceding call. Thus, the call of many of your peoples is many, many power and overwhelmingly heard to the infinite creatures of the one creation. All right, so I'll attempt to explain this empowering, how it actually works. Now, Ra explained this, I believe it was in session six or seven, could be wrong, but it was the first time he talked about the empowerment of the call. And it goes like this, if we were to have 10 people and we would all call upon, say, uh, Christ, Christ consciousness. And we wanted to empower that call because we're all in the same uh, vibration that we want to call up upon consciousness, uh, Christ consciousness, and, and get information from them, or at least be, uh, be guided by them. The process goes this way. If it's just me, it equals to one. If it's someone else, with me then it's two but if we add another one then it would be uh double the the last one so it would be four so we have one then two then four then the fourth person would add eight to it because it is doubling the last one and so it goes so we would have for ten people we have one two four eight sixteen thirty two sixty four 128, 256, so on and so forth. This all adds up and 10 people ends up being like over a thousand or so. I forget what the what the, what the addition is or the empowerment of the call. So it's not just 10 people, it actually equals to over a thousand uh, people asking for this call. And this could be in any way. It could be uh, for say a ritual that's performed or it could be just for channeling purposes like they have done. It has many uses and like he says, you know, it's 
uh, is the empowerment of coal to the Confederation. So that's very important to keep in mind, just, uh, just to keep it in, in our books. Let's go to the next question. Now, here we get into the important part. For general development of the reader of this book, could you state some of the practices or exercises to perform to produce an acceleration toward the law of one? Here we go. Rosses, exercise one. This is the most nearly center and usable within your illusion complex. The moment contains love. That is the lesson goal of this illusion or density. The exercise is to consciously seek that love in awareness and understanding distortions. The first attempt is the cornerstone. Upon this choosing rests the remainder of the life experience of an entity. The second seeking of love within the moment begins the addition. So before we go uh, further here, this is now he's talking about not the empowerment of a call with different entities, but with your own awareness and conscious um, uh, understanding of your experience right now. And I'll make a little exercise as I'm doing the video with you guys. But that's the first part that it's it's the person, the entity. You can do this on, on and you're supposed to do this on your own because this is the empowerment is going to be obvious as we go with the slides. So let's move into that. And just like with the other exercise, he says the second seeking of love within the moment begins the addition. The third seeking empowers or powers the second, the fourth powering or doubling the third. As with the previous type of empowerment, there will be some loss of power due to the flows within the seeking in the distortion of insincerity. However, the conscious statement of self to self of the desire to seek love is so central an act of will that as before, the loss of power due to this friction is inconsequential. Okay, so again, this goes into the uh, the empowerment of the cult. What he's saying here is that the moment contains love, and it's your job or your um, your your exercise to seek that love in the moment. Okay, and each seeking of subsequent love within the moment will empower your uh, your own seeking of love and it will basically increase your vibration in that way so if i'm here and i'll say it right here it's uh it's 5 20 p.m and i'm thinking about the sun the sun is out there it's uh it's a beautiful day to me i see that with love then i realize that ali is laying here next to me and you know he's my pet he he gives me this love every single uh, day, every hour, actually. He's always on top of me. And I still, I continue to look. I'm recording a video that uh, some people are going to watch. And I'm going to just have this sharing of information that I love. And I can continue on. I can say I have the means that uh, not even 20 or 30 years ago used to be impossible for somebody like me to have. I have a webcam, I have a microphone, I have a computer, I have so many things, I have, you know, family members and people, you can keep doing it. I mean, it's it's an infinite possibility that you have here to empower the seeking of the love within the moment. So as you do this exercise, the more you add to it, the more it empowers the previous one. So this is just the basic uh, exercise. And what he says, the foundation is the cornerstone of everything. 
is uh, the first exercise, which is just seeking the love in the moment. No matter what you're doing, where you are, there is always love in the moment and it's your job to seek it. And that's what's going to empower your call uh, upon this this uh, intelligent infinity, basically. Well, let's move on to the other exercises, which I think are pretty useful to, to keep in mind as uh, we, we, tr we try to appreciate this, this universe. Exercise two, he says, the universe is one being. When a mind-body-spirit complex views another mind-body-spirit complex, see the creator. This is a helpful exercise. Exercise three, gaze within a mirror, see the creator. Exercise four, gaze at the creation which lies about the mind-body-spirit complex of each entity, see the creator. So this is just basically seeing the creator and everything. And to this, you don't have to have a full understanding of how the fabric of reality is interwoven, but you can see that everything that we have, anything that you can see from light matter or whatever we want to call it, because in the end, all is one. We are looking at matter as if it was separate or it was inanimate, but it's not. It's, it's living, it has a consciousness. Um, the planet has a consciousness, obviously. We have consciousness. When you look at everybody in the streets, you realize that they have an essence of the creator in them, just like you have an essence of the creator in you. And that's why he's saying, first, uh, the universe is one being, meaning that we're all, uh, we are all the creator with different iterations of it. So just look around it and see the creator. Then look in the mirror, look at yourself and see the creator. We're, we, we often get caught in this idea that, you know, we're just humans here and we have to do things and we forget that we are here as the creator to experience itself and to give it an idea of what the lifestyle that you are having empowers the, the knowing of the creator. Every one of us is doing the same thing. Nobody is inferior or superior than others. There is an illusion called negative polarity, which is very useful, and it creates the self-centered uh, uh, lifestyle, which is just part of the creation. But in essence, even those who, who are of negative polarity, no matter what their density is, they are part of the creator. And that's why Ra always says they are serving the creator. Everybody and everything is serving the creator. So that's important to keep in mind. And finally, what he says, gaze at the creation, which lies about the mind-body-spirit complex of each entity. See the creator. Just see, basically just see the creator in everything because this is, this is just what the universe is. Let's go on with the next part of this answer. He says and finishes, the foundation or prerequisite of these exercises is, pre is a predilection towards what may be called meditation, contemplation, or prayer. With this attitude, these exercises can be processed. Without it, the data will not sink down into the roots of the tree of mind, thus enabling and ennobling the body and touching the spirits. Very important here. Uh, while you can do this consciously, just like say you're driving, you're walking, and it's a it, that is through the process of contemplation. You contemplate just the reality around you, and it does help. Um, I think meditation is, is also part of it in, in a deeper way, I would say, because through contemplation, we, uh, we can do it on the go, I would say. Meditation is a lot more because 
you are you're disconnected from from the physical world and you're trying your best to concentrate on the thoughts that come from uh, intelligent infinity so that's what he's saying that the foundation of this is not just to say it like a lot of people say you know yeah i'm appreciative of this i love this i love that but they're not really tapping into the the essence of it and there's a huge 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 distinction there and what he says when he says that um with without this the data will not sink into the roots of the tree of the mind which means that it will kind of like get into the leaves of the mind and blow away i mean you want this to actually sink in you and the way to do is through contemplation and through meditation prayer is also another form of meditation so uh just in any way try to make it sink into your own mind and that's how it works now let's get into the history part of this session which is atlantis and lemuria that's it for the exercises as uh, as usual just leave me any comments if uh, you have any questions or want to discuss anything so let's get into the history of this part I was wondering about the advent of the civilization I called Atlantis and Lemuria, the way these civilizations occurred, and where did they come from? The civilizations of Atlantis and Lemuria were not one but two. Let us look first at the Mu entities. They were beings of a somewhat primitive nature, but those who had very advanced spiritual distortions. The civilization was part of this cycle, experienced early within the cycle at the time of approximately 53,000 of your years ago. It was a helpful and harmless place which was washed beneath the ocean during a readjustment of your sphere's tectonic place through no action of their own. Very important here, uh, they're talking about the, the Mu entities, which is uh, Lemuria, and what he's talking about, well, first it gives us a pretty good date, 53,000 years ago, uh, they used to live there, and a uh, one big thing to take out here, without delving too much into um, what happened, is that there was a readjustment of our tectonic plates, which means that there was a part of the planet that was going through the evolution that we know that happens on Earth through the different parts of the cycles. And uh, being that it was 53,000 uh, years ago, it could be at the end of the first cycle, of the first major cycle. So um, very important to keep that in mind. It wasn't, and there's a reason why he says through no action of their own, because as we all know, Atlantis was uh, because of their actions, as we'll soon find out. So that's the distinction I wanted to make there. Let's go on. They set out those who survive and reach many places in what you call Russia, North America, and South America. The Indians of whom you may, you have come to feel some sympathy for in your social memory uh, complex distortions are the descendants of these entities. Like the other incarnates of this cycle, they came from elsewhere. However, these particular entities were largely drawn from a second density planet which had some difficulty due to the age of its sun in achieving third density life conditions. This planet was from the galaxy Deneb. Okay, so my pause here is to, uh, first, I can read today. Second, 
is that these entities came from elsewhere, like he's saying. It seems like they were graduating from second density to third density, and they were beginning that cycle, but because of the star... Oh, and another distinction here that I, I think I've made in the past is the term galaxy, which I'll explain at the end. But they mean a star system. Deneb is one of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Um, they have a thing, and we'll talk about this. But anyhow, they came from, uh, from another planet that apparently didn't have the conditions for third density because of the age of its star or its sun. And they came here to, uh, to incarnate and they had pretty advanced spiritual distortions or pretty much an, uh, a pretty um, advanced uh, spirit in, in this regard. I know Jerome Melchizedek talks about uh, these being very feminine in, uh, in the female energy and they were, um, they were pretty naive in, in, in them. But again, I'm going beyond the raw content here. Just thinking about the things that I know of, of Lemuria. And they're also, like he says, they, they were part of the Indians. The vast majority of the Indians here are descendants from them. Let's go on. The Atlantean race was a very conglomerate social complex, which began to, began to form approximately 31,000 years in the past of your space-time continuum illusion. It was a slow-growing, very agrarian society until approximately 15,000 of your years ago. It reached quickly a high technological understanding which caused it to be able to use intelligent infinity in a less informative manner. Now here is where uh, we start to see how the Atlanteans basically messed up pretty hard and that was because they were very advanced technologically. Sounds familiar? They were not very spiritual advanced, although they were, uh, well, I, I take that back. They seem to be very spiritual advanced, but mo more into the conflict kind of, uh, um, I guess, distortion. And I don't think they were very sure about the polarity they were going um, uh, towards, but it seemed like at the end they were uh, turning negative, as I think Ra would mention here. But uh, that's, that's a... That's what the Atlanteans uh, basically started doing with their technology. Let's go on the next slide. We may add that they use intelligent energy as well, manipulating greatly the natural influxes of the indigo or pineal ray from divine or infinite energy. Thus, they were able to create life forms. This they began to do instead of healing the perfecting and perfecting their own mind-body-spirit complexes turning their distortions towards what you may call the negative. Approximately 11,000 of your years ago, the first of the what you call wars caused approximately 40% of this population to leave the density by means of disintegration of the body. The second and most devastating of the conflicts occurred approximately 10,821 years in the past according to your illusion. This created an earth changing configuration and the large part of Atlantis was no more, having been inundated. Three of the positively oriented of the Atlantean groups left this geographical locus before that devastation, placing themselves in the mountain areas of what you call Tibet, what you call Peru, and what you call Turkey. Okay, so they 
basically messed up in the first war and the second one they completely destroyed uh, or almost destroyed uh, the planetary uh, grid which is something that we talked about in the past and they actually put at risk the planet itself and this was all through the actions of war and believe me they seem to have a, a higher technology than what we possess here with this nuclear arms which are pretty devastating and they could cause the same problem but um, they seem to have like a different type of technology tapping into intelligent infinity not that we don't have some secret technology as we have seen in session 8 with the secret space program but still they were um, they they were engaged into a lot of conflict here where it's a secret space program basically just took off and uh, they didn't care about humanity but just exploiting us but I digress the point is that um, in with the Atlanteans here they the, the survivors this is what leads also to the pyramids uh, if you check the timing that's about the time where they they build the pyramids and for the sources that I know uh, Ra basically took some of the Atlantis to Egypt and they created the pyramids there now the pyramids have so many applications but one of them was being to stabilize the grid of the the planet itself because uh, otherwise we would have destroyed basically the survivability or the ability of this planet to sustain life um, by the distortions that they created in Atlantis so the pyramids and that's why you see that the pyramids are aligned just like I think it's over 3,000 monuments in ancient uh, civilizations that are aligned with specific points in the grid of the planet so that's what they did that's the Atlanteans um, belligerent as they were they almost destroyed our planet and there's a little uh, insight there about them that's all they talk about Lemuria in Atlantis in other sessions they'll talk about it more and we'll get into that but the last thing they talk about and that was when I was talking about the galaxies and the star system is that Don asks questions about what he means with galaxy I didn't want to include it in the slides because it's confusing the way they go about it. Uh, you can check it out in session 10 at the end when they talk about uh, the galaxy. And it's confusing, but they do clarify this, I think, in session 16, where uh, Don actually asks him, like, what do you mean by galaxy? And Ra says, you know, it's an ambiguous term. We use it, you know, interchangeably, but we also mean stellar systems. That's all that matters. So that's all I got. This is the end of session 10, part 2. Uh, next week, of course, session 11. Remember, if you haven't subscribed already, leave me some love there with some likes, subscription, notification thing, and in the comments, leave me any questions that you have. My description box has all my social media. And again, I'll send you all my love to you. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next week.